This is Sunday 16 Presents. Welcome to episode six of the Quirky Camera Podcast. So uh, this episode, I've got four cameras for you. Three are by Kodak and one's by Polaroid, of course, knowing me. Uh, but first, I'd sort of give you an update on the uh, Olympus AFL-S Quick Flash Saga. I bought another one. <laughs> 99 pence, got me another one. In, well, with postage of about two or three pound. Uh, and I thought this one was going to be equally hopeless initially. But then uh, I put the battery in and jiggled things about and lo and behold, the flash works and it advances the film when you take a shot. In fact, it's really quick off the mark. We take a shot, blum, the next one's ready to go. Uh, the only time it's sometimes a bit enthusiastic and goes for two shot advance. So the plan with this is to um, uh, actually put some film in it. I'm going to stick a roll of Kodak Gold or something in it and take it out and try it. Uh, so it seems after buying four of these cameras, I managed to get one that's almost 100% working. Again, I suppose I spent £10 on four cameras. Uh, I might send all of the others off to another camera repairer. I felt they could do them and, and fix them and then sell the fixed one. Um, so that is where we are with the Olympus AFLS Quick Flash. In other developments, I've finished the darkroom. Uh, uh, my wife and I uh, did all the... Um, blackout and that's sorted out and i actually uh, printed some prints on some very expired kentmere paper uh which i dropped the box in the developer while i was doing it so it was all a bit stressy but i did get some prints out um and uh that's worked okay actually the intrepid enlarger works fine um yeah it all worked fine and uh, the prints were from my camerodactyl uh, negatives for when i went to van in Brittany. so the dark room's finished also, while we're on the subject of darkroom, I thought I'd talk about film washing. On the advice of Andrew Bartram uh, of uh, the Lensless Podcast or the Large Format uh, Photography Podcast, uh, I went down the Ilford film washing route, which saves loads of water. Uh, and I also use a soft water, rainwater, from my water butt outside. What I do is I take the rainwater and I uh, use an old tonic water bottle, and I I filter the rainwater through a, a coffee filter in a in a in a funnel, um, and then use that for washing the film and making up my rinse aid. The other thing I do is make sure that water is reasonably close to the uh, water that the film was developed and processed in, so I don't dunk it in freezing cold water at the end. So that's worked really well and kept my negatives much, much cleaner. Uh, that's a, just a bit of a tip that I've found out. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, crack on with some cameras. So the first camera I've got for you uh, this episode is um, the Kodak, Kodak Folding Pocket Brownie number 2B. 
It's a lovely little camera, um, a little bellows camera over 100 years old. Has one shutter speed of one, roughly one twenty fifth, um, and uh, obviously the others you could have got B or T for the shutter if you want, and it's got three aperture settings: number one, two, and three, which I figured out by going to the um, excellent uh, thirty five MMC Hamish's lovely website, where the, a guy had done a review on the two A, the seventy millimeter one one six version of this camera. And they those apertures are correspond to f8, f11, f22, and if you go right to the end, I think you can sort of get f32 or f64 out of it. Uh, so I've loaded this with a roll of fp4 plus 120, uh, and I'll you post it when I've developed it. It takes pretty big night. I think that negs are like. Uh, like six by 11 or something they're quite bigger negatives when you look at the back uh, i've also put the obligatory bit of black tape over the um frame counter hole over the orange window just because i think that's a safety issue with the film it's got no i could not find any pin pricks in the bellows at all and um it's a sweet camera. The, the only thing with this is they had big pockets in 100 years ago. And the standard way this camera works is it comes out as um, really landscape mode. It doesn't, it's not usually Kodak's so sort of portrait mode standard, but this comes out landscape uh, as you pick it up. It's a sort of wide camera, really. It's a sweet, it cost me £21. So that's a bit of fun. A 100-year-old camera and a nice little camera, which I'm going to take some pictures with. The next camera I have for you this week is a Polaroid, and this is the Polaroid 110B. Uh, these are lovely cameras. These were made originally for Polaroid roll film. Uh, so this camera has a beautiful lens on it. It's a, a Prontor SVS uh, Rodenstock uh, Yarex. Uh, it's a maximum aperture is 4.7 it's 127 millimeter so these are often converted these cameras for large format because obviously the polaroid roll film's long gone even though i have shot some of the roll film and got the odd working frame on other cameras um they're lovely cameras i did have one of these a 110a converted to large format but i sold it to buy my graphlex this one though i've had converted to take eye type film so this one has got grafted onto the back uh, the impossible the processing unit from an um, instant lab. That was done by Nate at uh, Polaroid Conversions or Option 8. You'll find him on Flickr under Option 8. He is, I think, also on Instagram. Uh, it's a lovely camera, rangefinder focusing. Um, yeah, it's a great camera, either for large format conversion or for um, impossible conversion, sorry, Polaroid, I should say now. You don't tend to find them so often coming up on the UK site. You'd have to go to America probably to find one. This is the B. The A model is a slightly better spec model with better glassware. So a Polaroid 110B. The next camera I have for you is a Kodak again. And this is the Kodak stereo camera. So this camera is really my favourite stereo camera. Uh, it's got... Uh, Shutter speeds from B, 25th, 50th, 100th and 200th. And uh, F3.5 lenses all the way to F22. 
uh, easy to load. It's Bakelite. So don't drop it. It'll fall into a million pieces. I bought this from the States. Uh, I then had to, I scoured around and got its proper carrying case. And it came with the original box and manual. Uh, I always load these with Ektachrome, the modern E100, because you get the best results in stereo, I think. It's got um, a, a tiny viewfinder. That's the only probable criticism of the camera. It's easy to wind and unload. Uh, the viewfinder, though, has got the obligatory spirit level in it for stereo shooting, which is really a, a critical point. You need your shots to be level for stereo. Um, I've got good results with this. I've shared on Instagram and Flickr. Uh, and I've even mounted some of the... Um, ectochrome up in amounts and used viewed them in the stereo viewer the proper codex stereo viewer that was sold with this years ago so this is one uh, if you want a stereo camera and you want to get good results it's fully manual obviously there is no autos no batteries uh, not even a light meter uh, this is a camera i'd recommend so that is the kodak stereo camera the last camera I've got for you this episode uh, is a 126. Ian likes 126, as you would know. But I chose this because I found this, and Mike Russo in the States on uh, FPP um, recommended this as well. So if you want to shoot 126 reloads or with the excellent Fatmatic adapter, um, then this is the one to go for. But it's got no controls at all. It's got uh, no controls on focus, no controls on aperture, nothing. This is the Instamatic X15, which I think really is an American model, but I found it over here with complete with display case, um, Magic Cube, and even a, a an unopened uh, box of Kodakolor X, um, which would oh, be a challenge to process because uh, that's not, a, uh, and that is ATI. So I don't know what the um, Kodakolor X is processing that's a 12 expired night december 1971 that did uh, so this camera is great if i you can hear it works and that's without any filming it's it's a easy one so if you want to shoot um one two six with no issues really but no 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 creative control either uh, then that's the one to go for uh a similar camera over here that would do you the same thing, a, a European model, is the uh, Instamatic 25. Almost identical, similar camera. Um, I think probably, yeah, the the 25's got some control, two settings for light. So you might want to look at the 25 as well, which I have also tested personally and works well with the Fatmatic and with reloads. There you go. Uh, last episode i talked about the graphmatic 4x5 uh, adapters which took six shots of 4x5 and i couldn't remember the name of the film well i can it's atomic x from new 55 it's a lovely negative if you can get any i'd recommend it uh, and to be fair it's not too expensive so that's a bit of a shout out for new 55 and their atomic x negative I've also not progressed uh, shooting the 1000X film on 8x10 for Damien with Sandra. just haven't got around to it. Or shot my dry plates. So that's two things I haven't done. I have shot a roll of Raleigh Retro 100 in my Nikon L35AF. And it came out really nicely. But some of you will know the Raleigh Retro film suffers from terrible cup and curl. Uh, they said, oh, dry it in a humid atmosphere. Well, if you're in UK, you've got a humid atmosphere. It was terrible. It wouldn't go in my um, digitaliser, the Lomo one for scanning. It kept popping out, and it wouldn't really work properly in the original Epson um, 
adapters for 35, I ended up taping it uh, emulsion down to the scanner bed and then having to clean all the the mess from the uh, magic tape off the scanner bed. So I gave up, basically. I scanned about two-thirds of the film. Uh, and because I couldn't really be bothered to, to shoot, I found I got three more rolls of Raleigh Retro in different speeds, so I sold it on eBay to get rid. Because lovely film as it is, I just couldn't be bothered with all the faff of the scanning because um, it's such bad cut and curler. In other news, we've got an email, guys. Uh, it's quirkycamerapodcast at gmail.com. There's no S in that. It's quirkycamerapodcast at gmail.com. All one word, quirky camera. Uh, so if you're listening and want to get in contact, uh, send us some advice or some tips or just say hi, do drop us in a mail. Uh, in other news, you'll see that I'm not really much around on Instagram. In fact, I put bars and tone up on my account and not really posted anything. Um, I've gone off Instagram. Too many ads, too many people in my feed. Um, I don't want to see, um, really. And there's all of you lovely folks I do want to see. You know, you have to trawl around to find you. So I've gone back to mainly posting on Flickr. But the other thing I do on Flickr is post like I would on Instagram. I don't post 100% photography stuff. I've posted shortwave radio stuff all sorts of bits and pieces, uh, and I get good reaction. People come back to you, you know. If you make the effort with Flickr, it still works. And also, I went on the Rolly Retro um, group and immediately found everybody else had had the same problems with the film as I did. So I'm currently really only posting to Flickr. But if you're on Instagram and you've got a Flickr account and I don't know who you are, who your Flickr, you know, thing is then email me because it'd be lovely to sort of join everything up uh, and see all my lovely instagram guys come across a bit to flicker i'm a bit of a flicker fan uh so that's it for this week i'd just like to again give a big shout out to mike gunnerman of uh, negative positives for doing my um uh, theme music to the podcast uh, happy shooting guys keep shooting film all the best from ian fleming bye <laughs>